Download the app. Bet big, win bigger. I've got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread, over, under, or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Got a conversation with Jim Trotter today. He's going to talk about Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL, hiring practices of the league, comparisons of Eric Bieniemy and Sherm Lewis, Rooney Rule, and changes that the league could make. After Jim, Macon and Chris are going to talk Washington's new nickname, Super Bowl uniforms, and a Groundhog Day stat that's going to impact your Super Bowl betting. We're also going to do some questions from around the world. And the most fun thing we did today... Chris and Macon have a couple Super Bowl commercial ideas that they're going to pitch. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the weekend. Love is love. Make here's what we got on the show today. I'm going to break it down for you real quick. We're going to go hello, layup line. We're going to get to Jim Trotter. We're going to talk about the very serious topic uh, at hand this week with Brian Flores and the lawsuit, the class action suit, uh, those allegations, the Rooney rule, shortcomings there. Just have a conversation about this thing because get used to the topic. Like we've talked about it before, but now it's bust wide open. So Jim Trotter from NFL Network, uh, guy that I worked with in, during the tail end of my career and really enjoyed um, getting to know. So really sharp guy. He'll be on in a few. Uh, and then we're going to have a, a lot of fun on the back half of the show, I think. We're going to pitch some Super Bowl ads. That's right. We'll, we'll talk uh, Washington Commanders. Yep, that's right. A little Super Bowl. And uh, I think Reed and the, the boys have some, some stuff lined up for us. It's going to be fun. Yeah, so we'll, serious and then fun. Yeah. We can do both. Yeah. That's what sets this show apart. Like, 
you tell me you listen to a funny podcast easy yeah you tell me you listen to a serious podcast easy easy you tell me you listen to a funny and serious podcast and one never heard of such a I'd thing say they don't exist welcome here we are welcome to the green light pod welcome to the future crypto.com i got a crypto.com ad for you in the back half yeah for the first time in my hello career i want to preempt it by saying i'm worried about I'm worried about it, about saying hello. You are? I know I've been struggling of late with the head cold. It's gone. Yeah, but you were in the other room like yodeling earlier, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Here we go. You were just Ready? trying to say hello. <clears throat> this is a, an, an historic hello in that I'm not confident in it, okay? But I'm going to lock in, try to be a pro. Victorville, California. Hello! Yes! Back on the board. <laughs> Boom! Let's go. Back on the board. Let's go. Victorville. Victorville, which I've driven through. Victorville's like a desert town, man. When you think about California, you don't think about the desert. There's a fuck ton of desert in that state. Mm -hmm. A ton. One time, I had to go to Tucson. I rented a Mercedes drop top and drove 100 miles an hour down that road. (laughs) It's past the statute of limitation for speeding. Actually, it was like 120. Uh, And I drove to Tucson. I didn't go the whole way 120. I started going 120, and then I realized I was too scared to be a race car driver. But I I did that in the desert right near Victorville. I'll always remember that. Victorville, northeast of L.A., due north of San Diego, home home of Jim Trotter. Jim Trotter. We should figure out a layup line song because I couldn't figure one out myself. So I think the mechanism here when we when we don't have anything and you're really excited about this is we both get five shuffles. Love it. Five shuffles and we gotta pick one. Okay. Now is this a scroll like 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 phone roulette There's or is a this button a, for this? Is okay. a button for this. But where do you start is my question, I guess, I think with a shuffle. Just, you just start like you know, you see top right on Spotify. Uh-huh. Um, that'll go to a random one. Yeah, that that green button yep. there, shuffle. Born to run, Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Airliner by Jamestown Revival. I'm Bad by LL Cool J. (laughs) Magita by My Morning Jacket. Yeah, MFJ. It's a great day to be alive, Travis Tritt. I got rice cooking in the microwave. That song used to slap in the 90s. Sure did. He goes heavy on the eyeshadow. He goes heavy on, on the, the white uh, nationalism, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. That's exactly right. It's a real shame because looking at his picture, you could not convince me he's a, he's a mean guy, but maybe he is. Look at that guy. Look at that hair from the 90s. Look at that lettuce. Okay, so it's my turn. Do you have one in mind that will go to the, the final two? I have to nominate one you of that You nominate group. one, I nominate one, and read the sides. Oh, okay. I'm going to think of my nomination as we go through your five. Durando, thank you, God. I want to thank you, Father. What a job. Devin the Dude. Drinking, but we concentrate smoke another sweet again. Slow Blues, instrumental Wu-Tang Clan. Mmm. I haven't heard Red of Bone, one of Childish them. Gambino. Something on your mind, King Curtis.
I got so much white dad music, I just ended up with the most fire shuffle sequence of all time. I'm gonna nominate something on your mind, King Curtis. I nominate Airliner, Jamestown Revival. I know what Reed's gonna go with. We don't know. Reed, you want sax or do you want... I was impressed that Macon played the live version of Airliner. So we go with the live version? But after hearing your 10 seconds, we are going with your selection. Okay, King Curtis. Reed loves sax. He loves sax. I support the call. Jim Trotter for about half an hour. We're going to talk about some some real stuff, uh, some stuff that currently you should be paying attention to in the NFL. You will feel more uh, filled in on the topic after you listen, guaranteed. And then we'll have some fun on the back half. It's really that time of year, and your team might finally do it. This year, Super Bowl 56 is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, February 13th. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket close to the day. Of course you can. Or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats, only available with On Location. An invite to celebrate on the field with the champs, On Location. Yes, you want to craft a perfect confetti angel just like I did? Go to the game with On Location. And it's not just about game day. From dinner with NFL legend Marcus Allen to pregame parties featuring acoustic sets from Wyclef, The official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available. Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's Super Bowl on location. I got my friend Jim Trotter here. Jim, long week, crazy week. Uh, How are you? I think like a lot of people, man, just trying to keep my head above water and and get through all of this. You know, it's funny, Chris, I I said to somebody, look, I've been covering this league for over two decades. I can't remember ever going into the two weeks preceding the Super Bowl and just so much going on in this league, man. It's 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 mind numbing, you know? Yeah. And you kind of wonder, like, with obviously the Brian Flores news is going to be the elephant in the room. Like, that's not going to wash off in two weeks and it shouldn't. And this is probably going to go deep into the offseason. Like, what kind of shadow does this cast over the game? And do you feel like there is momentum that people are going to be talking about not supporting this event from an NFL standpoint? Uh, truthfully, no. Yeah. I, I don't see that. I think I think football fans are like Pavlov's dogs. When the whistle blows, they come running. Yeah. And this is a league, a Teflon league, that has shown very little sticks to it. So, look, Chris, as you know, the only time that we have seen real change in this league as it relates to diversity or anything else is either when there is the threat of litigation or the threat of sponsors pulling out. Those are the only two things that I've ever seen um, lead to substantive change in the NFL. And so I am wildly curious as to how this lawsuit that Brian Flores has filed is going to play out and what change it ultimately will lead to. But as to the game, no, man. Uh, on on, sun, on February 13th, 70-plus million uh, will be watching, if not more, and the game will go on and everyone will celebrate, and, and that will be that. So you said something, you know, 
I mean, we, we said this yesterday. I think these owners are bulletproof. It's incredible, like the things they can get away with. You use the, the word Teflon. I mean, we've seen it up close and personal. So I don't know. Do you feel like with this kind of unprecedented turn of events and somebody that I know personally in Brian Flores, and I'm not surprised, but I'm incredibly proud to know him, do you think that something like this makes people more hopeful or less hopeful because it exposes how shitty you know, the, you know, the state of affairs is with with regards to the Rooney rule? Well, first of all, I'm one of these people who has never focused on the Rooney rule. I, I, I think that's like it's like one of these shining objects that people always talk about and point to, but but don't really understand what the purpose of it was or what the purpose is. Rooney rule was implemented first off back in the uh, early 2000s, again, after the threat of litigation from the late Johnny Cochran and Cyrus Mary, who were going to sue the NFL over discrimination involving its, its hiring practices as it relates to head coaches. So the ruling rule comes in and says that you have to interview at least one minority candidate at that time. We now know it's two external minority candidates. But the whole point of it was just to slow down the process and to make owners take time to consider someone other than who they might be considering, particularly a person of color. So I don't, I don't focus on that. You know, for me, it's more about, as Tony Dungy has said to me, the owners simply don't know how to hire head coaches. These are people who don't come from football backgrounds. They're not brought up in football culture. And as one general manager said to me, it would be the equivalent of one of these owners if they owned a software company asking me, a football guy, to come in and lead a, lead a search for a chief engineer mm. or something like that in a field that they know nothing about. And so when I talk about this as it relates to owners, Tony Dungy said that the league needs to have a class for owners to learn how to hire coaches. And initially, I thought he was being facetious. But I, I'm now, as I watch as this process goes forward, I'm not so sure he's wrong because Owners are so interested in winning the press conference that they lose focus of what it takes to win games. And that's the issue here for me, um, because what they do is they say, OK, this is the hot candidate. If we hire this person and it doesn't work out, we've got cover because we can say that's who everybody said we should hire. So we did. And in two years, when it doesn't work, we'll get rid of that person and we'll do it all over again and say, who is it that everyone's saying should be hired and we'll hire that person. And we've got cover again because this was the hot candidate, the top candidate. And, and it's just like a, a, a perpetual cycle here. That's just so frustrating, you know? Um, and I'm going to say this and I'll get in trouble for this, but okay. We've had what two black general managers hired this year. Um, neither one of them hired a person of color as a head coach. Now I'm going to sit here and say, I don't know what authority they had to actually make the hire. But all I know is, is that if we as blacks aren't hiring our own, how the hell can we sit here and continue to criticize white people for not hiring us? And that bothers me. I mean, I'm just being 100 percent honest here. That bothers me to no end because we know as blacks, there are people capable out there, blacks capable out there to do these jobs and who are qualified to do these jobs. And yet when we are put in a position of power to hire, we don't do it. Why is that? Do you think that attacking the pipeline, like through which we, we feed these head coaching vacancies, you know, like there are certain positions I was explaining to people listening to the pod, position groups, coaching groups, like quarterback coaches, uh, O-line coaches, linebacker coaches on defense that 
it seems almost intentional that black coaches have been siphoned away from these pipelines. Do you think that there's any hope in attacking those pipelines? Because I feel like, you know, even a GM uh, of color who's making his first decision, maybe he's looking at the pool and saying like, fuck, there's just not enough representation in the pool. I feel like, can we attack that and, and get some sort of positive movement? Uh, well, look, I'm one of those people who thinks the pool, the pipeline um, excuse is total bullshit. Yeah. And that's just me. Because, again, it gets back to define for me what a head coach is. Tell me what you are looking for in a head coach. And so I make the argument. People say, well, what's the solution? Well, first of all, why do blacks have to come up with a solution to a problem they didn't create? Right. But having said that, having said that, if I were if I could offer some advice, I would say this. Owners need to have a clear vision of what it is they believe a head coach is. Tell me the character traits. Tell me what you are looking for. So, for instance, before you ever interview anyone, sit down and make a list, like a pros and cons. Do you want a head coach who is older or younger? Someone with experience or no experience? Someone who is a delegator or someone who's, who's hands-on? Someone who's a motivator or someone who, who sits back more the CEO type or, you know, the guy who you don't care how people view him publicly. Make a list of all of those things. And then as you go through the interview process, once it is over and you've made your hire, now go back to that list and then tell me how many boxes does this person that you hired actually check? Right. And to me, that's one way of at least trying to be objective in the process and saying, we did have a vision, we did have a plan, we followed through on it, as opposed to we got in an interview and we got wild by somebody or the media told us or an agent told us or a consultant told us this is who we should be hired. At least there's some objectivity in that that to me helps with the process, the transparency of the process, as opposed to what's going on now. So where do you think we are with this now that, that B-Flow has, has um, levied these um, allegations, has filed uh, you know suit? Like, are we, It is class action. Are we going to have more guys stepping up and, and, and talking. I mean, like, it sucks to say, like, black coaches have to solve this problem, but, like, it seems like there's an opportunity here for people to share their stories. Uh, Hugh Jackson alluded to a culture in Cleveland, which is unsurprisingly not designed for winning. Uh, no explicit, like, bribery or anything like that. Obviously, he talked about Stephen Ross in Miami, B-Flow did. Do you think we'll get more of these accounts you know, Chris, it's a great question. It's one I've been asking the last few days of, of, of minority coaches that I know, asking if they're going to join this suit. And the best answer I can give you is I don't know yeah. because they don't know at this point. Many of them have told me they're still sifting through the lawsuit trying to figure out what's next because they know if they do sign up on it, there is the possibility that they've just jeopardized their career. Right. And so they've got to consider all of that. And that, that's a major step. So I don't judge anyone on what they do. I do know that for substantive change to happen throughout the course of history, it usually requires sacrifice. So who is who is willing to sacrifice in this in this moment? And again, I'm not judging anyone. You do right. whatever you feel is best for you. But um, here's what I will say to you. And it's something that I'm considering writing, you know, um, as I talk to these men is that. I asked the question of whether or not, just as you did, are other co coaches going to join on to this? And ultimately, what I believe is the answer will determine whether or not this is simply a moment that garners headlines or whether this is a moment that produces substantive change. 
Which way is it going to go? It's too early to tell. But I do know that I'm not sure there will be a moment like this again, because, again, it takes a coach saying, I am willing to sacrifice my career to try and make change. And Brian Flores has done that. I'm curious about the potential sacrificing, the the jeopardizing of a career. That sounds to me like you would be very surprised if B-Flow were still a candidate in Houston or New Orleans or anywhere else. You and think I think it'd look this, bad if he didn't get the job in Houston. Like, you, bad. And you think this, this anyway. suit hurts his prospects right now and moving forward, potentially? No, no, no. I'm not saying that it hurts his prospects right now. I'm saying the possibility is there that it could. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you'll rec- Well, you may not know. After this lawsuit came out, me being a wise ass, I tweeted out, look for a black head coach, the first black head coach in this hiring cycle to be hired in three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Because my feeling was the league was going to turn around and say, you know what? Or one of these owners was going to say, we're going to give ourselves some cover and we're going to hire a black head coach right now to yeah. take some of this focus off of this. Now, it hasn't happened yet. Will it happen? I don't know. But all I'm saying is that the possibility exists that you could be sacrificing your career. I just think B-Flow has been so good so early in his coaching career, uh, it, it would be so obvious why. I mean, like there are people, and I don't buy this argument because I played Colin, and we, I, we I, you know, we've gone here. I, I'll, I won't go back to it, but Colin was blackballed. Like there are people that can make bad faith arguments and some ignorant arguments that like he was blackballed because he wasn't very good at the time. Brian Flores is a fucking hell of a football coach and was winning games in Miami in a division with Bill Belichick and Josh Allen, and of course the Jets, I, I, I don't think you could deny what would, would be going on here if we hired Josh McCown in, um, in Houston and somebody else in New Orleans, some, you know, like some hotshot coordinator. I just don't think they could deny it this time. We're about to hire Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Right. And I know Kevin, and he's a good guy and he's a good coach, but are you objectively going to sit here and tell me that he is more qualified and capable or even proven to be a head coach than Brian Flores? No. Or even Jim Caldwell? No. I mean, I could go down the list of names. It's Chris, this is the thing. It is just so exhausting. Like People always say to me, owners should be able to hire who they want. They should be able to hire the most qualified. And I say to them, I agree with you yeah, 100%. But if we are talking about the most qualified, and if we are talking about the most capable, if we were to do blind resumes, yeah, and I was to take Jim Caldwell's resume, or Eric Bieniemy's resume, right. and to put it up over here, and to have Kevin O'Connell's resume, right. or Nick Sirianni's resume, or whoever, and put it up over here, objectively, there is no way you can tell me that these resumes over here are, are more qualified than these over here. So if we're doing it that way, then what are we talking about here? We're not hiring the most qualified or the most capable. There's something else at play. Objectively. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I agree with everyone who says the most qualified should be hired, but that's not what's happening here. And even I go back to Zach Taylor and I was one of those people when he was hired and and I'm not ashamed to say it. I said, he didn't deserve that job. He was not the most qualified, but what the Bengals told me privately was we know he's not ready, but we believe in two or three years, he will be ready. And we would rather get in on him now and get into a bidding war for him in two or three years. And it has worked out in their favor, in part because they got an incredible quarterback 
um, two years ago. But why is it that Zach Taylor gets that, that sort of privilege or opportunity? Whereas other young black coaches who you, who we can talk about names who have been identified as people that are going to be successful head coaches, or at least you believe they're going to be successful head coaches. They don't get that opportunity. They're not afforded that. So there's so many things here that don't balance out, but people want to focus where they want to focus. Now, let me say this in terms of B flows lawsuit, we can focus on the, the discrimination in, 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 in terms of hiring practices, but in talking to black coaches, one of the things that stood out to them even more than that was this allegation of being paid to tank Yes, because all we hear from the league is integrity of the game, integrity of the game. Right. And if you have an owner who is a part owner in a gambling site, which reportedly Stephen Ross at least was a few years ago, and he is now telling his coach, in essence, bribing him to lose games. Does that not equal game fixing? It's bad. Isn't that a federal crime? Yeah, it's bad, bad. It's bad, bad on a league level. Now, you and I use the word Teflon. I say they're bulletproof. Like, I don't think it's happened before. The guy in Carolina um, kind of got forced out, but um, stepped down. I think on his own, uh, on, on his own volition or whatever it was, didn't he, uh, Jerry Richardson? Mm-hmm. Here's uh, what one of his fellow owners told me. Yeah, he stepped down because he was older. Yeah, he was not in great health, and he just didn't want to deal with the bullshit. Yeah, that's what one of his owners. So, it's not, so, it's, so they've never actually had the balls to force a guy out who's doing the wrong stuff, and I wonder here. Because it, it, there's another element. I mean, there's a there's fix fixing games, which is as a player that makes me upset. Okay, like you know, you and I talked about late last year in Philly. You know, there was a decision made in the 25th hour of that season that might have affected a draft slot. It sounds like Stephen Ross was like, "Hey, hundred thousand dollar handouts, my man, at the yacht." Like every time we lose a game, and that's part of a bigger master plan. So if I were to deduce that it was part of a bigger master plan, then that calls into question the motivation of hiring Brian Flores. And it makes me feel like maybe they use Brian Flores, which makes me upset on another account. So the Venn diagram crossover is pretty fucking big. It's not quite a circle, but there's a lot of fixing. There's racism, in my opinion. I mean, it calls into question, like, what did they do with David Cully in Houston? It's, it we just, knew what that was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's humiliation. It, it's humiliating to think that Brian Flores was called in to possibly shovel shit and actually made chicken salad and still got fired for it. You know, it's like, it's wild to me. And guess what would have happened if he had gone two and 14? He would have got fired and somebody else would have had the fucking quarterback. This is what makes me angry here too, Chris, from a media standpoint, is how quickly we are willing to just take what someone says anonymously and run with it and put it out there. When Brian Flores got fired, all of a sudden, it came out, he's difficult to work with. He's this, he's that. And instead of the media saying, some of my reporter friends saying, let me go investigate it and find out whether or not it's true, mm-hmm. they just put it out there. And to me, particularly, and again, I'm biased. I don't, I don't hold back or hide that. But when you do that to a black man, to me, it's so easy and it's so lazy and it's so insulting and it's so damaging because it sticks that there is this narrative that we are the angry black men and we can't be worked with and whatnot. When all Brian Flores was doing based on coaches I have talked to in that building was trying to do the right thing and will t- and have told me that he is the most honest, the most direct, the most stand up guy 
that they have ever worked with. Yeah. Okay. So when I hear that, and now on the other hand, I've got media friends out here saying, well, he was difficult to work with. Was he difficult to work with because he was doing the right thing? Right. It's probably a good thing that he was difficult to work with. If he was easy to work with, that would make him, uh, you know, like part of, part of a fucking, uh, uh, you know, a, a tanking thing. And I, I, have you identified any other times in league history you're like, uh, I suspect tanking? I mean, this, there's an attempt here. You had Hugh kind of talk about a culture. I was on really bad teams, one that moved to L.A., you know, like I, it felt like sometimes we weren't trying to win. I'm not saying that we weren't trying to win, but do you think this has happened a lot before? Look, I'd be I'd be naive to say that it hasn't, but I do know this: I've never met with a player who has told me he intentionally tried to lose a game, no. yeah, or no. he wanted to lose a game. So that's the only that's the only purview that I can come to this from. Um, I don't know what goes on. In, in upstairs in these offices, these front offices and with owners and whatnot. So I would not want to accuse anyone of anything. Right. All I do know is that every player I've ever talked to in my career covering this league has tried to win every game that he has participated in. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and I think tanking can be done almost by just turning a dial a little bit upstairs, like without anybody knowing there's so much that goes into a football season. You can do that so covertly. You can't do that in basketball. It's harder to do that in baseball. But like in football, they can just adjust that dial, spend spend less, you know, bring in older veterans, you know, guys that can't play anymore, whatever. Um, right. do, do little things. Personnel. To it's, yeah, it's personnel. It's we need the, to see what we've got with the young guys. Yep. It's yeah. I mean, a lot of times, yeah. So whether it's the older guy or the younger guy or whatever, I mean, it can be done. I was going to ask, you know, with Ross and discovery and all this stuff like what would it take to get to discovery for this case as a whole like do we need more evidence somewhere in new york or denver or like you know do we have enough in miami i hear cameron wolf says there's a uh, a witness what would it take to go to discovery and discovery is what we want here yeah yeah absolutely i i have to believe that's what uh brian flores and his team wants and and really that's the only time that the nfl acts is to keep things from getting to discovery. Um, so from my standpoint, I've been told that there are other people in the or Dolphins organization who were aware of, of this taking place, who claim that this has taken place. One coach told me he heard about it some time ago, but it was not from Brian Flores. It was from someone else. And this is before the lawsuit came out. Yeah. So I would assume that these people are going to have to be deposed. And at that point, if these allegations are made by the and supported by these people, then I believe I'm not a lawyer, but I would believe at that point then that it would be open to discovery. And now, even in the case of, of, of the discrimination element, you've got these text messages from Bill Belichick. Well, I have to believe that that is, you know, that's grounds for discovery to say, well, then we need to see the other phones that are involved. Yeah, in this. who texted Bill? That's what exactly. I want to know. I want to know who texted Bill. And like, there's so much I want to know here. And discovery is not limited to, is it limited to this this case? We'll get more Gruden emails. We get more, you know, information on cap on, you know, some of the back and forth between ownership. Like what, what, what are the limitations of discovery? Again, me not being an attorney, I can't yeah. answer that. I, I think um, based on what little law or knowledge of the law that I have, it would be up to the judge to determine the scope of discovery. Yeah. But 
Um, as we found out in the in the Washington football uh, team investigation, there can be a lot of ancillary damage. Yeah. And man, uh, at least from from my, you know, viewpoint, novice viewpoint, sure, it seems like there's a, enough here for discovery to get to it. This would be one of the biggest, I mean, it's already one of the biggest sports stories, whether people know it or not, but potentially it hinges on a few factors. All right. But like, if this goes to discovery, I think this is going to be one of the biggest sports stories of the past 20 years. I mean, like, it's, oh, it's, it's, well, here, but here's the thing, Chris. And then this is what's fascinating to me is we all know whenever it gets to that point, the NFL has always been successful in paying off people to settle. Mm -hmm. Right. And there is that saying that everybody has a price. I'm curious, does Brian Flores have a price? I don't think he does. That's going to be the key point here. To be honest with you, back during the Seau lawsuit, yeah. when I was told by a family member, we won't settle. We want to know who knew what and when. Yeah. And I just said, okay. And I sat back. And what happened? They settled. Right. So I'm not. I'm not trying to be... Right. No, I mean, like, listen, the cynic in me says that, yeah, like money can do almost anything. But at the same time, B-Flow levied this claim on behalf of like all black coaches and like and, and he's opened the door for other people to come with him. I feel like by design, it's not a personal decision for him anymore. And that's a big burden to bear. But I, I think he's the type of guy who can bear that burden. I'm incredibly I don't know. Like, I'm not a, a black coach. I'm, you know, I'm not somebody who's worked in the NFL for a long time and seen this stuff and s scratched their head and shook their head, like seeing my peers go through this. But I am hopeful. I like, as somebody who wants the right thing to happen, I do. I was excited that B Flow did this. It sucks that we're here, but I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Oh, like, go nuclear. I, I, I tweeted it at the time that I saw it. It's about damn time yeah. that someone did this. But I'll say that this is what people, I think, the average fan doesn't really understand about why Brian Flores would do this. Like I'm going to have a story soon that includes this passage from a, from a retired coach who happens to be black and he will be on the record. And he talks about, I quit the game because of exactly what Brian Flores is talking about. This is someone who played in college, coached some of the best players ever at his position, became an offensive coordinator was not the play caller, but was the run game coordinator, ran all of the offensive meetings, everything else, and could not get an interview for a head coaching job. And said, when you bust your ass for your adult life to try and get to the highest levels of this league and know that you can't get there, not because you're not qualified or capable, but simply because you are black, it messes with you. And so for his own mental health, he said, I'm done. And he walked away. And he said, the good thing for me is I was good with my money. I put it away so I could do that. Unlike some people who have to stay because they have to support their family or whatever. And, and, and what he said to me, because he's been out a few years now. And what he said to me is that, Jim, you have to understand this shit stays with you. Even when you leave the game, it stays with you. And I don't think most fans really understand that. And it's one of the reasons I fight so hard for this, because believe me, I don't want to be out talking about this stuff all the time, but these men can't talk about it publicly for fear of reprisal. Right. And so I just feel now at this point in my career, I don't know how many years I have left, but however many years I have left, 
I want to use whatever platform I have to give a voice to these men so that hopefully there won't be other coaches who do what this coach did and say, you know what? I love the game so much, but the game is killing me mentally, emotionally. And so I've got to get away from it. It's just, it's, man, it just breaks my heart when I hear these stories because it's just not right. You know, it's not right. It's not right. These guys work too hard. And, uh, you know, it's almost irrelevant to me that the league is made up of 70% African-American players. Like, it's about the, you know, the the ability of the coach. And I've had some amazing, amazing uh, coaches of color, some of my favorite coaches. And it, it does really suck to hear your perspective on this and, and also those coaches. So based on what you know, Jim, the, the story you just referenced, are we living through another one of those right now and, and Eric Bieniemy? Oh, I've, I've, I've written it before last year's Super Bowl. I wrote a story about Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy, yeah. both offensive coordinators in the Super Bowl, both men of color, both highly respected and both incredibly capable. And Byron Leftwich at that time didn't get one interview for a head coaching job during that cycle. Eric Bieniemy, I believe, was on his eighth interview and obviously had not been hired. So I posted this, I pinned this tweet to my page this year during this hiring cycle saying that sadly, I believe that Eric Bieniemy is becoming this generation's Sherm Lewis. And there's a lot of people, younger fans who don't know who Sherman Lewis was. Sherman Lewis was an offensive coordinator with the Green Bay Packers back during the Super Bowl years under Mike Holmgren. Underneath him on that staff, you had position coaches all the way down to quality control assistants, five of them, I believe, who went on to become head coaches, all white, and he didn't get an interview for for one, or he didn't get a head coaching job. So you had Andy Reid, who was a tight ends coach. You had um, um, Mike Sherman. You had Steve Mariucci. You had Marty Morningwig, and you even had John Gruden, who was a quality control guy. All of these guys went on to become head coaches. And Sherm Lewis, despite being the offensive um, coordinator for a Super Bowl winning team, did not get an opportunity. And to me, this is simply history repeating itself again with Eric Bieniemy, who has all of the qualifications to have an opportunity to be a head coach. And I'm not even saying be successful but to succeed or fail on his own merits. Yep. And he can't even get that opportunity. Why? Especially when, and I, we don't have to go on. You guys know the story that the two coordinators before him both got opportunities. Right. So what's the difference? Why does Doug Peterson get the opportunity? Why does Matt Nagy get the opportunity? Why does Eric Bieniemy not get the opportunity? Seems to be only one, one, one common thread through all of this. Yeah, and you mentioned Byron Leftwich in the Super Bowl, and this year we've got a coordinator in the Super Bowl who's basically issuing for a job. So, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I hope that uh, we we see some change. And and Jim, thank you so much as always for joining us and shedding some light on a very serious topic. Bro, I always appreciate being in here. I appreciate the discussion. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 
1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. So, a lot going on for the league. Obviously, this is going to develop for a long time, so we will be on top of it. We're not going to talk about it every day, but as things pop up, we will shed more light where we can. Uh, Washington has a bunch of other shit going on. Is it relevant to talk about that right now on the heels of uh, what we just talked about with Jim at all? Yeah, there was some uh, testimony today in Washington, D.C. with some pretty serious allegations against Dan Snyder that I'm sure we'll be hearing more about in the days and weeks to come. But we did hear a lot this week about the Washington Commanders. Yeah, what'd you think? Oh, you go first. I really don't mind the W itself. I like the W. As a logo. We're there. Now, the uniforms, there's just, there's no consistency from one to the other. Even the numbers They're totally different teams. Yeah. They're totally different teams, all three of them. I want a TV screen to pop up and be able to know who's playing right away. I have a, an army doing Mm -hmm. a, you know, like a, you know, a black and yellow thing uh, for some big game. I have, you know, Iowa State. Uh, the Iowa State with the big commanders across the breast looks like... That's my like, favorite one, though, honestly. I know I'm going to get killed oh for that. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm going to get killed for that. Well, rank them. One, two, three. And then the third is like the Bucks and the Falcons having a baby and making a uniform. Um, golly day. I think that, that white one's the best. Wow. I guess. I okay. guess. Continue. Don't let me... Yeah, don't let me... I'm not looking at a at a at a pant right now. I really don't like that red one because it looks like it looks like XFL to me. Why is Commander so large? It looks like a communist font. That's another thing they walked into. The commies. With Com- Commanders, you noted the length of the the length of the twenty team characters. Name. Twenty characters. Yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars is nineteen. In, saw that in the office. Boom! Viral tweet. Did you like or retweet or? No, I was just perusing before bed. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but uh, no, sorry. No, I should, no, 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 no. I should have. You know, your tweet that really should have gone viral was the Tom Brady tweet. Oh, yeah, his final snap. Final snap of his career was on the TB12. How about that? Matt Gay, good from 30 yards. Hey, so, Reed, do you like these uniforms? Matt, Taylor? I'm indifferent on those. I agree they could have been done a lot better, and they could have, uh, as you saw, there was a video of the commander's name leaked before the the night before it was uh, actually announced and homeboy was in a chopper who was homeboy he was flying in a chopper and then zoomed in to the team store it was like a traffic chopper yeah is that how it for real for real for real yeah well that and joe theisman joe theisman joe theisman Has anybody done this joke yet, Matt? The the joke, uh, you know, no, it's not the, the worst thing he's broke. Yeah, it's like the second biggest break of his career. Ah, that was Ba-dum-tch. a really dark joke from Matt. That's the good, other guys. Day. Wasn't planning on saying it on the air, but there we go. Well, it was there. <laughs> um, uh, and I do actually like the black jersey. Yeah, I like I'm the not, black one too. I don't like the W on the front of the helmet, but I like the jersey itself. Now, is the rest of that helmet blank or does it have digits on it? I, I think that I don't like where that W is either on the front of that helmet and why stick it there on that one and have different helmets mm-hmm. for the other ones. It's like, yeah, dude, it's like they it's weird. They, it's they mix and match uniforms here. It's also like you remember how people used to put the L on their forehead for loser. Ah, Are they like a winner, a winner or something. Okay. And All it's right. also strange that about a month ago, Joe Biden named his new dog commander. Oh, this is such a woke mob thing. This is the woke mob did this. The commies, right? The commies, 
named after Joe Biden's dog. This I, team's going to be stalling in the red zone. I got to disagree. I think the W logo is just not creative and totally uninspiring. I, mean, I read that tweet years, of yours. And all you came up with was a different font. I think they took a step backwards. I mean, I know we're we're picking these uniforms apart like in a vacuum, but I think they took a step backwards. Why are the numerals different? Like the I numerals on that black uni, I can get down with. They're a little bit different. They have the lines going through the center, but then they do something else with the white uniform. Bad, they have dude. a little gradient. Hot take, the most acceptable one to me is the red one. That is... You can wear that with white pants. I think where they screwed that one up is that commander's across the chest... I think that would look dope uh, running along the side of the pant leg. Oh, Cleveland Brown style? And do not what do... The fuck? Yeah, come on, Taylor. You, I, Taylor, no, hold don't, on, tell hold that on, hold to, don't tell that to your date in a couple weeks. Jeez, Louise. That's something you keep to yourself. What's the name that... you that? like the word leg stripe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is... That's kink concerning. That's the type of kink that like you, you don't even type into the, into the browser. You don't even want Google to know you have that kink. Look at how long that is now on. Uh, I didn't even have the benefit of this when I was counting up the number of letters in Washington yeah. Commanders, but it's it's oh, so it's, very long. It's a very long word. Uh, and I don't like kind of contriving a, a logo, like a family crest. They got a fucking family crest, like it's Old Navy 1936, you know, like on a hoodie mm-hmm. that's, that looks older than American it actually Eagle. is. Yeah, it's bad. I don't like that. Take that off the shoulder. So all in all, I'm giving these uniforms like a C minus. C minus D is plus. Right. Yeah, I think it's a C minus. I mean, maybe the the black the black uniforms are going to look awesome. Uh, maybe I'll be wowed when they get on the field. But it just feels like they were like, let's do a black uniform, and they didn't do anything else. When you see the W uh, as on a standalone logo, I think it looks pretty good. It even has sort of that that old. Uh, I, I like it, dude. But on the helmet, it looks a little different. It, looks, it, it doesn't pop as much. it's not supposed to be on, the, on your fucking forehead. You know what I mean? Even the side one doesn't they look They went backwards. Right. And I don't mean from, from the bad word to here. They went from the football team, which people were really into, that fit the brand of their fan. You know, like, hey, we're so self-loathing. We don't even have a, a, a football team name. Like, that's fun. 20-something-year-old white guys living in the D.C. area can drink to that every Sunday. Galaxy brain football team was probably what, what they should have stuck with. They should have stuck I with I mean, it. you, you, it's unforgettable. It's unique. They'll always be the team to me. I mean, this looks like the Cardinals. Look at this picture of Chase Young side pro on the white jersey. Ooh, it looks kind of like you're the right Cardinals. About that. It's the Arizona Cardinals with some mustard. Yeah. They're going for a stripe, and what they got is a pipe. It actually doesn't look that bad. There's just no, uh, what's the cohesiveness here? Okay, there's no cohesiveness. So C minus D plus. Even cohesion. Yeah, co- both cohesion. Either but, one would nah, work. Yeah, both words. Are they both words? Yeah, cohesiveness. Okay, good. Fuck yeah. Um, all right. So well, hold on. Just one last thing. What about the the scary Terry mannequin that's doing the uh, the robot dance? Did you like that? Let me see that. Oh, I thought he had a football and he was like doing. He was completing a, a football move. No, he's dancing. Yeah, a little robot dance. Clever by half, Dan Snyder. Oh, that's fucking. And what's on? Yeah, that black, that black, that black uni might be the best. I just, think, uh, I don't know what you're talking about with the Iowa State one. I, I like. I'm just partial to ketchup and mustard on, on a football uniform. Yeah. I don't think there's one I dislike. There are numbers on the side of that black helmet, by the way. Okay, Super Bowl uniforms came out, right? What do we think? Given what we're working with, 
A plus. It's gonna look weird because there are there there are two redesigned unis. We're not talking Steelers, Raiders, Cowboys, Packers. Yep. No. But no, the the Bengals orange helmet, black jersey, white pants. I think that's the best that they can do. And the the Rams blue, white, yellow, for lack of better descriptors. It it works. It looks good. It looks Listen, like the old Rams. It is what it is. We averted um, red gate. Yep. You know, we averted part uh, indoor red on red football, mm-hmm. which is just, I don't want to see it. Uh, these are nice, bright colors. It is what it is. It'll be different. So I've got a big tip for you guys <laughs> to bet on the uh, Super Bowl here. Ve- Vegas isn't aware of this, so go ahead and go put your bets in now afterwards but the groundhog seeing his shadow is a uh it's a big deal for joe burrow and the Bengals. it's a big indicator it's a big indicator because going back since 1977 there has only been three instances where two super bowl quarterbacks that are facing off against each other were born on years where the groundhog had different results so basically like one of the quarterbacks was born on a year where the groundhog saw a shadow and the other quarterback was born on a year where he didn't see a shadow so that difference. You understand that shit right there? I'm like 30% listening. I'm just waiting to hear who to bet on. <laughs> You're going to be betting on the Bengals. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. And yeah, because re- Phil said uh, six more weeks. Yeah, yeah, six more weeks. And the reason why is going back to uh, Super Bowl 12, 1977, uh, Roger Staubach uh, leads his team to victory. The uh, Groundhog. Uh, saw his shadow that year, and Roger Staubach was born on a year where he saw his shadow. <laughs> Taylor's been getting into my stash. <laughs> Tay. 2011. Did you Aaron, get into the Dutch uh, Hawaiian? Aaron Rodgers was uh, born on a year that uh, the groundhog did not see his shadow, and Ben Roethlisberger was born on a year where the groundhog did, and guess who won that Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and the groundhog did not see his shadow that year. Now read you can that back repeat to me, the mate. same thing in 2020 with Patrick Mahomes against Jimmy G. Why is that important? Because <laughs> Matt Stafford <laughs> was born on a year where the groundhog did not see his shadow and Joe Burrow was and the groundhog saw his shadow this year. So it's going to go 4-0. All right. So who are we betting? We're betting the Bengals, baby. All right. We're betting the Bengals. Rule the, the jungle. Of the year of the Tiger. Cats are getting their first uh, Super Bowl. Bro, Taylor's down there in that film room with a fucking uh, uh, cork board and a bunch of... Um, Pepe Silvia. Yeah, Pepe Silvia, your yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, he might be down there with He's some mushrooms, booming. too. He might be booming. Um, only a couple. Only a couple boomers. Have we changed, dude? Last year, we were going to make Groundhog Day this big holiday <coughs> internationally. Sold some t-shirts, did a whole thing, put out a social, talking about the one holiday that needs to be corporatized. We're leaving money on the table, folks. Groundhog Day could make us, it could stimulate the economy in the way few things could. I mean, this could save the country, it could save the world. Monetize Groundhog Day. That's what we said last year. This year, what do we do? We didn't even do a podcast. Well... There are a couple problems. One, the thing pops out at 7 a.m. Eastern. I right. mean, most most of us are. Uh, I'm not actually. You know, I'm I was up, awake. I'm up I with the awake, sun these days. Yeah. That being said, yeah, well, I felt like Rome David Goggins built in a woke in up a before year. 7 a.m. Go ahead. Yeah, 
Uh, we, we got plenty of time to make this happen and we should make this happen. It's a great idea. Yeah. And we'll do it. Yeah. You know how to, you know how to make an idea. You just don't know how to execute an idea. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But we will. Okay. We got it. We got it. Maybe, uh, we could pretend like today is Groundhog Day again. I remember last year we were really excited that it was going to be uh two, two 22. And then Holy we just kind of shit, dude. No. And nobody noticed. I had to sign some paperwork on my way home uh the other day this is how you know you're kind of grown up and life is just uh i was signing paperwork and i had to write 2222 like 17 times i didn't even make a joke about it i didn't even mm. make a big deal about it i didn't say anything to brooke downstairs i just kind of i just kind of signed the fucking numbers i mean like that's incredible Roback activewear best way to describe Roback is best fit best feel when it comes to quality Roback just blows it out of the water every time The performance hoodies are great. The quarter zips are great I mean like you don't have to twist my arm to put on a hoodie These might be the softest stretchiest hoodies in the game, but here's the most impressive part. I will wear a Roback polo Okay, I won't wear any kind of polo I'm not a buttons guy. Button downs, maybe. Henley's, yeah, but nothing with a collar on it. I don't do collars. A performance polo from Roback. I mean, effortlessly, this thing just slides into my arsenal in the old closet. Big man friendly, too. Sam Hubbard, big guy. I'm a big guy. You can pull it off, big guys. Roback's popping up all over the league. So use the code GREENLIGHT on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's spelled Roback, R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off your first order on all polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with the code GREENLIGHT. Hop on the Roback train now and go check them out at Roback.com. All right, it's Super Bowl commercial time, which is the best time of the year. If we do a live stream, like, we really need to watch the commercials we really need to like because this is the best part does anybody have a favorite super bowl commercial all time matt yeah for sure the mcdonald's commercial with michael jordan and larry bird trading like ridiculous shots oh, was, yeah that was a good one commercial, huh? was it super bowl i reckon yeah i mean he definitely that's an info yeah. yeah i love that commercial because i remember it that's how you know if you love a commercial there's so many commercials and you remember what it's for, even though it has nothing to do with McDonald's. Oh, I here you go. Ready? Ready? Yeah. What And you know you had the frogs doing the, the frogs. Bud Wise. Yeah. That way we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. There's always the horse commercial ah, in St. Louis. Clydesdales. Yeah. yeah. So I have a Christmas card that me and my lovely wife did that we used to borrow you know, people's children and do like a Christmas card and act like we had kids when we didn't have Mm -hmm. kids. And one of the years we took the abducted kid, if you want to call it that, the borrowed kid to the uh, Anheuser-Busch farm and we got to see the horses and stuff. But we were there for the mini horses. We took a picture in front of the mini horses. You've seen this one? I remember that, yes. You received this one. Yeah. So anyways, I've seen the Clydesdales, man. They're pretty fucking impressive. I love the Coca-Cola commercials. They make me feel like a kid every year and they also make me really want a cold coca-cola it is and i i can't do the caffeine but i will take a old glass bottle coca-cola anytime anywhere 10 p.m at night you can hand me one i'll drink it i really uh, i was a big fan of the e-trade baby <clears throat> commercials where he's like sitting at his computer doing trades and uh that rings a bell yes ah pun in the stock exchange yeah okay cool yeah, sure. I, I didn't mean to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sure 
There was the Betty White rest in peace Snickers commercial where she's playing pickup football. Too soon, Reed. Jesus Christ. So Reed. rest in peace. Reed. Yeah, but God damn it. Remembrance. Remembrance? What you think we forgot Betty White? You think we need to remember Betty White, Reed? It's a memorial. We're talking about Betty. She happened to be in the best one of uh, one of the best Super Bowl commercials. Insensitive prick. <laughs> yeah, she did. Rest in peace, Betty White. Do you guys have any ideas for like good Super we do. Bowl commercials? I'm glad you own? asked. Matt, I'm glad you asked because we Mean Joe we, Green. We've oh. been running an ad campaign over here, basically. We've been running like a think tank. I'm still reeling after that, Betty White. <laughs> Reed, you're going to have to no tap apologize to Betty White's family for that. For, for remembering she was in a great Super Bowl commercial? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. She's been gone like less than two months. On Fridays, green light pod, I made light of Betty White's 2004 Snicker Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Want to apologize to her family and friends, and uh, they should put you in jail, Reed. Not going anywhere for a while. Grab a Snickers. It's good. That's gonna be you for that it's fucking <laughs> Betty White snafu you just had. Oh my God, Reed. All right. Oh, by the way, on the Washington Commanders thing, I think we should apply for two patents. The command center. Ooh. One of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, somebody's going to need to make a sports bar in Landover called the Command Center, and I 100% want us to lock that down. Also, Command Post, okay? Need that done by day's end. <laughs> command Center. That would be a sick little sports bar in Landover, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Or a podcast. One of you fucking Washington guys wants to do a podcast right now. I guarantee you, you're thinking about calling your podcast the Command Center. What's up? There's a problem. What is it? Still racist. Commander in Chief. Oh my God. It's Did been right there in plain sight. Yes. Right out of their playbook. Wow. Wow. Make us think you're doing a woke mob thing with the commies, right? Commander in chief, they cannot help themselves. They can't. They can't help themselves. Reed, Reed, laughing. Reed, are you laughing? I would never. He's laughing his way to the clinker. Commander in chief. That's incredibly ridiculous. Yeah. Actually, like it's not funny. Like I'm not trying to be funny, but because it is, it's ridiculous that they did that. Fucking problematic. Good lord, dude! All they had to do was call themselves the fucking Red Wolves and call it a day. <laughs> Or Groundhogs. It's right there. Yeah. So you guys want to hit yours first? Why don't you guys give us your Super Bowl ads first? We're the company that's that's hearing the pitches from Alec Baldwin and Cheetos. Hard cut. Cheetos. You guys go. All right. So I have an idea for some new merch for the Greenlight podcast, and I'd like to pitch you a Super Bowl commercial that I think will really drive up sales. So we start with Chris in his home office on Twitter. A roll of toilet paper spins. Unrealistic. And the toilet flushes. Oh, yeah, flushes. I did tweet on the toilet, yep. <laughs> the next day, Chris sees a pair of his underwear in the trash and looks embarrassedly towards his wife, who says, I'll buy you more underwear soon. <laughs> he calls his buddy Macon, asking, what do I do? And Macon says, In the toll of the roll, say hello to a bidet today. <laughs> Closing scene back in Chris's home office. He pushes the button. There's a water noise. 
and Chris smiles. Greenlight bidets only on greenlightpodcast.com. Oh man, dude. You did in your pants? You made one? No. I don't know where this is coming from. I read that line for the first time. There was no rehearsal. Well, I don't know. This is a lot like, you know, presumably my dad getting pitched a Viagra commercial. I don't shit my pants and I don't think he has a problem there. You know what I mean? But sometimes everybody has a, you know, a price. Yeah. So right. how much are you paying me to do this bidet commercial? I don't believe in bidets, but I will pitch what bidets. What do you mean you don't believe in them? I don't believe in them. You know I don't believe in them. I've been approached by many a bidet company since I first let people know that I'm anti-bidet and I've yet to, to fold to big bidet. Not happening anytime soon, unless we're talking eight figures. I folded a long time ago and you should fold soon. You get water shot up there, Reed? Reed, yeah, Reed's it one of the- It is wonderful, not shot up, just kind of like breezes by. Breezes by? Breezes, breezes by. by. Water can't uh, get, breeze by. You get it on the floor? No, it stays in the toilet. Stays in? It goes where it needs to go. Where's that? In the. It stays in the toilet. I'm not. I'm just not a bidet guy. But if you guys can fetch me upwards of eight figures, I'm in. Reed, do you dry after the water? Yeah. Like with toilet paper? That's right. But don't dry too much. R- only one sheet. Me and Cheryl Crow. You and Cheryl Crow. One sheet. Wow. Well, you white right Cheryl before the. Got you. Got the, you yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But one you only sh- need one sheet to dry. Yeah. Your r- river butt, Reed. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> Sitting on top of the geyser out there at Yellowstone Park. River butt read. <laughs> <laughs> Those geysers Ooh. just breeze by. <laughs> breeze by, dude. You're sitting on top of a whale's blowhole, is what you're doing. Sitting in there just turning it up on high. He's not Betty White, he's Betty Brown. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> Read the heat that that ended up in your inbox. Oh, in mine. Or actually, we'll go one in one. Okay. So, but this is going to be awkward because you're going to be narrating this whole thing. Right. Making you're going to read both yours and Chris's ads. Go ahead. You go first. With one of mine. With one of yours. Okay. You know the film, The Titanic. Yep. Picture those scenes. Jack wins the tickets to get onto the boat. Jack meets Rose. They have the I'm flying scene at the front of the boat. And then boom. Having sex in the car. Sex. And then boom. Iceberg. The the ship is cracking in half. People are in nice cold water. They're dying. Everybody's dying. Everybody's everybody's dead. Everybody is dead in the water. Bunch of dead people in the water. Uh, hard cut. Uh, He's doing my hard cut. <laughs> hard cut. Apple Watch. Uh, <laughs> had they had Apple watches, not all these motherfuckers would be dead. Yes. Apple think different. Yes. Okay. There you go. There's one. Yes. We'll get Leo. Well, Kate they, Winslet. They'll run it back. They probably st- not nah, dog. Some of them still are alive. Maybe they, they would have lived through, but at this point in time, they'd probably be dead. I understand your point. Cowboy. Uh, river butt read. Uh, okay, that's my first one. Little apple layup for you. They could do a whole series with that. Yeah, like early settlers in Jamestown freezing to death, but mm-hmm. they have their Apple watches. Right, still alive today. 
Antietam, guy bleeding out. <laughs> He's trying to tie a tourniquet around his leg. Apple Watch. Siri comes on. What's your emergency? Are you bleeding out? <laughs> guy. You seem to have found yourself in the bloodiest battle of the Civil War. <laughs> I'll have somebody there in 15. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. From the uh, email address of Chris Long. <clears throat> Tom Brady walks by a man climbing Everest. Mm -hmm. He walks by an airplane. Mm -hmm. He walks onto a space shuttle looking down on Earth. Quote, fortune favors the brave. End quote. Crypto.com. Yeah, that sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> I, what? I don't understand the ad. <laughs> it's okay. Can we get an ad explainer? <laughs> yeah, fortune. Like, you're going to be rich if you're you bold and invest in crypto. No, it's like literally a rip of Matt Damon's crypto.com <laughs> yeah. commercial. Of whose? Matt Damon. Matt oh. Damon. You oh, haven't okay. seen Matt Damon looking over space selling crypto? Okay, got it, got it, got it. That's good. That's good. You're, you're crying. So you're, you hit, you, uh, oh, I hate that commercial, dude. It's such a bad commercial. Okay. I'm like, is this a fucking um, deleted scene from The Martian? The the graphics are terrible. The Orville Wright thing is terrible. Matt Damon should be ashamed of himself. I wonder what they paid him. Bad commercial. You got another one? Yeah. You know how at the end of like a movie or documentary, there there are words on the screen that explains what what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, afterwards something. There's going to be one of those. So just wait. Okay, ready. This is for the uh, new Ford Bronco. So I got Al Cowlings driving down the, uh, the interstate in the new Ford Bronco. Pan <laughs> over to the passenger seat. <laughs> empty. Uh, pan to the back seat. Empty. Pan to the way back. I got O.J. Simpson in the back. He says, uh, hello world. And then he says, I committed double murder. And then the words pop up, you know, just a day or two ago, O.J. Simpson was arrested for uh, admitting to committing double murder. Apple Watch. Ford Bronco. Justice is served. Ford Bronco. Riding wrongs. Oh, Ford Bronco. Riding wrongs. Now, we hear you. <laughs> We here for you. <laughs> Ford Bronco. The bill stops here. He was a bill. Buck stops yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, Ford Bronco. Juice isn't loose. Send it off, Reed. It's a good one. I thought that was really good. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a hard time following that. Pan back to Al Cowlings. Yeah. My bad before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's one. Yeah. Bill and Tom reunite on Facebook. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Is that the end of the ad? <laughs> <laughs> they friend each other. I don't know how it happens, but maybe it was just Tom just got tired of seeing Bill posting all those pictures by his dock uh -huh. on his sailboat. Yeah. Maybe they message each other. They poke each other. Yeah, they poke. Yeah. Something there. All right, I'll go. I'll do one. Yeah, keep going. Okay, that was that was mine, by the way. Yeah, so yeah that if, was, if we get picked up, I want that. I want that money. Cr 
crowded bar in Ohio. You know what, though? They'll probably do that ad, so they got to go come through us. Copyright. R.I.P., not to be confused with R.I.P. Are you doing a booking.com Urban Meyer thing? No. Okay. I'm not. Crowded bar in Ohio. Slowly pan over to a bar stool. You got Urban Meyer. Eyes. Uh, a young woman. Big bottle of of Purell pops onto the screen. Yeah. With the tagline, Purell's current tagline, imagine a touchable world. Because when you get down to it, the squad was on the plane back to Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if he had ju- it had just been cool if he was That's a Purell ad. <laughs> oh my god. Because you know they're doing all right with this whole ongoing pandemic oh they're crushing it but they could also get into the into other demos i was thinking of booking.com for urban meyer just like lose to the Bengals. you're like on the bus and you book a hotel room and you've decided to stay in cincy yeah that's you good know, something like that yeah but it never developed yeah maybe safer than the one you just described <laughs> joe burrow getting crushed by five guys on the football field tight shot of him on his back Sound of touchdown. Quote, I don't always need protection on the field. End quote. Joe Burrow outside Cincinnati nightclub gets bull rushed by 30 Midwestern women. Quote, but off the field, I don't take chances. Hard cut. Durex. Winner. <laughs> That's good stuff. Winner. That's good stuff. Condoms. You know he's having sex. Yep. 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 That's Pe- good stuff. Yeah. Protection. Just reel off a couple here. Okay. Joe Burrow acts. Smell like Joe Burrow. Teenage boy sprays himself with Joe Burrow axe. Teenage boy violently tears ACL. Trainers rush out with air cast. Head trainer motions to other trainers. Quote, wait, end quote. Sprays teenager with Joe Burrow axe. Leg heals immediately. Montage begins. By square frame. Sunglasses. Sunglasses from mall. Loses virginity. Grows up to become president. Axe. <laughs> That's going to be a commercial. Joe Burrow for iPhone Tiny, trademarked. Quote, as a white quarterback, I like a comfortable, roomy pocket, end quote. Motions to silhouette of two-inch iPhone in khaki pocket. Answers phone. Quote, what's up, Jamar? End quote. Hard cut. Apple. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great commercial. They just have to come out with the phone. They got to come out with the phone. I think you might have found your third career, Chris. Joe Burrow's (laughs) agent? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers in a car, hand on the wheel, shot straight on. 26 second monologue on vaccines, blockchain, chemtrails, etc. Quote, sir, this is a Wendy's, end quote. <laughs> Turns out he's at a Wendy's drive through. Hard yeah. cut, Wendy's. Yeah. Right? That's good. <laughs> Fucking timely. That is really good. How is Wendy's not capitalized on Sir, this is a Wendy's? Right, Aaron. That's easy money. Aaron, I know it's self-deprecating a little bit, but that's some fuck. That's gold there. And Wendy's. Yeah. Frank Thomas, wherever the fuck his name was. <laughs> Rest in peace. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. I was gonna say the yeah. fucking Viagra guy died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny stuff. The ref that ran into Dak Prescott. Just running into people who are in a rush. Yeah, I'm not so sure about this one. You like this one so I, far? I do, but who's uh, who are we? Uh, does this keep going? Because I yeah, can't see the going. end of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me describe what happens. Okay. 
guys like rush into the the gate to the oh, gate it's like agent. a hertz commercial yeah he's like oh, i got my ticket and then the ref just bucking bull rushes him, yeah you know trying to get somewhere yeah the next guy you know he's got his exam or his project that he's rushing to class to turn in ref just obliterates him two minutes before class starts yeah guys proposing by a cliffside last minute they're trying to catch sunset ref knocks him off the cliff yeah. guy dies i don't know what it's for yeah like maybe like leave yourself enough time oh right 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 like maybe a watch company yes yeah that was an unfinished ad yeah good though yeah we talked it through i think in the end yeah you want to go now i've had like four in a row sure yeah 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 that's what she said mm. you ain't lying oh here you go ready hi i'm kenny pickett for extends <laughs> y'all get it bigger hands He's got small little hands. Good. Yeah. It's good. Which, you know. I think extends, yeah, that makes sense. I thought that was just a boner thing, but I guess people are trying to grow their penises. I thought so. To be candid with you, Chris, I haven't, I haven't had, had to, to be in the market, huh? Into it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Nick Foles walking around with a big bulge in his pants. It's down his leg. People are gawking. Parents covering kids' eyes. He pulls out a can of Pringles. <laughs> Hard cut. Pringles. That's brilliant and funny. That's great. That's really good. That's really good. What was in his pants the whole time was a can of Pringles. <laughs> Bet you can't eat just one. Oh, what's your pop? You can't stop. Reed, Taylor, are you guys hearing these? Indeed. <laughs> Just not even amused at all. Oh. Two guys on a couch watching the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald destroys a paid actor. This one's deep. Guy one dips chip in hummus. Quote, I wonder how they make hummus. End quote. Cut to hummus factory. Aaron Donald crushing chickpeas with his bare hands. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people don't know it. You know, it comes from chickpeas and Aaron. Well, Aaron Donald obviously doesn't do that, but... People remember that ad. Yeah, yeah. This one just says Allstate. Right. I don't know. Not a fully formed one. No. There. Yeah, no. Okay. Nicoderm CQ. AB's face encouraging you to quit. On the Nicoderm patch. Like, uh -huh. it's like AB's face is like talking out of the Nicoderm CQ patch. Uh-huh. And you go to like reach for a cigarette and he's like, no, quit. Right? Yeah. Because he, qu he yeah. kind of quit at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave up. Yeah. 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 You need to, now you need some CGI, but I can see it. That's good. You can't see that? No, I can see it. That's yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actor that looks just like Urban Meyer shit-faced in a car. Hard cut. Uber. <laughs> yes. That's good. I mean, you could put Urban Meyer in the car for God's sake. That's going to get everybody's attention. Do yeah. that. Yeah. Sell rides. Co-ed in the passenger seat. No, we don't even need to go uh, that far. Yeah. Just people are going to be like, oh, Urban Meyer has an announcement. Uber. Also, drive home safe from your Super Bowl party. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay, the container ship ever given ran aground in the Suez Canal in March of 2021. This is you, yeah. Yeah, yeah good, so. good, good, good. Yeah. Holding up billions of dollars in trade. Yeah. Hard cut. <laughs> Uh, to the fellow who's driving the thing, right? All right, okay. Um, 
uh, he's on the Southwest Airlines app, want to get away because he's stuck in a fucking container ship in the Suez Canal, you know? Yeah. If only I could get out of this jam is what he's saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Podcast studio. Yep, got it. Top floor. Yes. Office building. Podcast studio. Which is where we're going to be soon. We're going to have a top floor studio. Right, we do. We do. And have a one with a lot of glass higher up. Okay, cool. We'll dope. get more successful. Dope, dope. Floor right below. <clears throat> Charitable foundation. Okay, hard cut. Back up to the podcast studio. Sophomore humor. Dirty jokes. Etc. Hard cut back downstairs. Charitable foundation. People looking up at the ceiling. Like, who... Who what? Uh uh hard cut. Uh Marpac Dome Classic, original white noise machine. You stick it on the steps. <laughs> right. And then they can't That's hear That's what we've been saying. We need a sound machine on the steps. I feel bad. Everybody's working so hard downstairs. Mm -hmm. And we'll say things that just probably aren't you know, yeah. The smell things. I can't help you with that. The sound machine is not gonna help with that. Yeah. Maybe it's a sound machine that also is an air fresher. Mm -hmm. Million dollar idea. Think about it. Yeah. Okay. Golf course. Mm -hmm. Hard cut. Uh, Bill Murray. Okay? Yes. Um, that little groundhog, uh, you know, burrowing his way around the, the course. Yep. Out of the ground pops up Daniel Snyder with a little groundhog hat on. Hey, we were just fucking with you with commanders, all right? <laughs> Welcome. To the Washington Groundhogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And then we got a name. Bye. Bye. Then we got a name. And we got Bill Murray just hanging out there. Becomes Groundhog fan number one. Yes. There's no sort of Native American <sighs> relation to any of this. Commanders in chief. Idiots. We can do more next week too. We'll just keep yeah, coming yeah, up with yeah, commercials. Yeah. This is going to be a thing. Yeah. We'll just come up with more Super Bowl ads and hope that we get rich by the Super Bowl. Yeah. If not for the patent on the command center, yeah, right. we'll get rich off these. Novak Djokovic. Stuck in Australia. Southwest Airlines. Want to get away? Pretty good. Pretty good, Reed. Pretty good. <laughs> um, I was thinking of like a Pfizer or Moderna tie-in, but yeah, we'll work on that one. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You guys got any Give more? me a celebrity. I'll put him in a commercial. Somebody trending. Leo. Leo. Leo? Leo? He was already in the Titanic commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I just love Leo. I can't get enough of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. McConaughey. Okay. Leo and McConaughey. Okay, They're I got one. McConaughey. No, McConaughey doing, doing his Lincoln thing. Does a whole commercial. Standard Lincoln monologue. Yeah. Pants the front seat. His driver is Mike McCarthy in a, in a tan suit with a beret on. Hard cut. Lincoln. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'm a machine. Okay, I got one. Okay, picture the Lincoln White House. All right. Yeah. Secretary out front. Last name's Kennedy. All right. Picture the Kennedy White House. Secretary out front. Last name's Lincoln. I know it's wild. And then the ad is for Ancestry.com. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Twenty-three and Me. Is that a dating site or a DNA <laughs> yes, site? It's a dating site. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Field. It's beautiful. Rolling, rolling hills, yeah. field, mountains, trees, slow pan, slow pan. All right. Over to a guy. Okay. Yeah. Mountain man, Carhartt. Yeah. Hi, I'm Chris Long for uh, legal cannabis. 
That's not fully formed either. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of, I, I've been reading more and more about the protective nature of cannabis and dealing with the COVID-19 and all its variants. Mm. Uh, I kind of, you know, I don't want to jinx it. Now I probably get COVID, but mm -hmm. my wife was saying it was almost like I was getting patted on the back for for smoking marijuana last night. Good for you. Yeah, she was, she, you. she caught up to some of this literature. And so to that I ask, Reed, it's important that everybody in here is vaccinated. I think we need to cannabis vaccinate everybody in here. We're not going to do it today, but Reed, sometime next week, I want to get you vaccinated. I think the last two or three live streams have got me covered. Really? You Do you feel that when you're in here sometimes? Yes. I, uh, when I was editing the show on Sunday, my throat was a bit scratchy. Well, that could be COVID, not... <laughs> <laughs> but no were you high, high, high no you really get you really feel that in here sometimes on occasion yeah yeah yep kind of a badass aren't you oh Your neighborhood badass realtor bad decisions oh. that's for sure all right uh any more ads we got any more i don't think so i think we i don't know if we ever had any that's that's a good homework assignment. it's harder than you think like it's not from I'm, what people can tell i mean it looks like we're a fucking ad agency you remember the apple watch one with all the people uh, the dead they people were dead. In the, you guys the killed ocean? it would have been they would have been alive yeah. you guys killed it I, I think that's one of the more fun things we've done we should do it again next week all right this year super bowl 56 is in los angeles at sofi stadium february 13th you can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket close to the day. Of course you can. Or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. You want to craft a perfect confetti angel just like I did? Go to the game with On Location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available. Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. You want to take a few questions before we go? Yeah. I'd, yeah. Love to. Definitely. So we've been talking about doing some uh, team building activities here at Greenlight. What do you guys got in mind? Well, I said the arcade and I was kind of fucking around about getting a little quick bus, like a mini quick bus and piling in all like five of us to go to that arcade. I was talking about decades. Had you heard about this arcade? Mm hmm. It was so fun, dude. So fun. You had to like video games. It, I mean, I know you did, but like the stand-up video games, the arcade games? Yeah, like an NBA Jam. Yeah, they have an NBA Jam there. Yeah. So what we should do is take a field trip for you know morale building and, and team building to go to decades, which I liken to, of course, like when we used to have a day off in camp and instead we went to the movies as a team, Yeah. which would suck for everybody in here. But evidently, you guys followed up and said you'd like to do that. Yeah, everybody's pretty excited for it i did not know that uh we were going to be doing this but we will go to the arcade dr what? fax has been talking smack in the text message thread that he's the best arcade game player oh not a doubt in my mind never mind <laughs> so you had said the five of us well dr fax as well yeah huh but like a paid sort of vacation no it's just a it's it's a good clean class field trip huh you already agreed to go. You did. Uh, you did no, agree. I didn't. You said I had to go. I didn't agree to go. <laughs> Where else did I say we were going to go as a yoga? Yoga. We're going to do a yoga. yoga. We're going to do a. Uh, there's a hot yoga studio near us. We're going to go do hot yoga as a group. You know, that's a damn good idea, right? Yeah. What else should we do as a group? 
river float. No, God, no. Those are two. You got two really good ideas. Okay, people send in ideas for what we should do as a group. Yeah. Team building. Did you guys know the Pro Bowls this weekend? And the skills challenge is tonight? Somebody texted me last night and was like, you coming to the Pro Bowl? I was like, I'm not going to make a habit of it now. Where is it? Like, when is it? Like, are they doing this? I predict in the next 10 years, no more Pro Bowl. Good prediction. Yeah, because the game is... We should short the Pro Bowl. Yeah, how do we do that? That's like a that's like a finance sort of thing. How do we do it? Matt, how do you short something? Uh, Explain it to us like we're five. You essentially you borrow money to sell a share of, somebody, of something to somebody, and then you buy it back for a lower price. So you're hoping that it goes down. Okay, okay, okay. Copyright and short the Pro Bowl. The skills challenge, I think that's their only, that's their only way. I mean, like, I want to see guys as stupid as it is, I want to see quarterbacks throwing a football into a Dr. Pepper net. Like, I just, I want to see that. I want to see uh, running backs doing high knees all hung over because they're at the Pro Bowl. It's in Las Vegas. They don't give a shit. Yeah, I used to be into seeing the moving targets that the quarterbacks would throw at, like Randall Cunningham, Troy Aikman. That stuff used to be pretty fun. What else could they do with these guys at the Pro Bowl to get to, to shake things up? Play a different sport. How about hoops? The Pro Bowlers play a game of hoops. Love that. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's real good. Speaking of hoops, did you guys see the newly designed All-Star Game MVP trophy? So I like it. And Matt, I know how you feel because you were all hot and bothered about it. Making, I can't bring myself to care one bit. I, yeah. I, well, Matt said the previous one was iconic, I think is the word he used. I, I can't picture the previous All-Star trophy. It looks like a mid-century modern like uh, chandelier of some sort. Brass. German. You know? Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a wedding cake uh, made of ice. Yeah, it looks like some oh, ice sculpture wedding cake. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, but actually, I like that better than the old one, and Matt was not happy. Yeah, I'm down with the fact that they named it after Kobe Bryant, like one of the greatest players in the history of the All Star Game. I think the rebranding of the name is cool, but the old trophy is iconic—the classic circle with the NBA logo in the middle, like Jordan holding that up. I mean. I don't think you should change something that's not broken. And then the Winter Olympics started last night. If you guys were given, like, let's say $10 billion, oh. if you could win a medal in the next 10 years, what event do you think you would try to win a medal at? Do I get the 10 years back? Like, if I spend 10 years trying to be a fucking, I don't know, cross-country skier and reed's got me out there like apollo creed and sure Rocky. you get you get the 10 years back if you get the medal then do i get to try again in a different sport sure i can only do two of them and that would be curling's the easy answer everybody figures they curling can it's got to be curling um, I, but i want to throw out bobsleigh yeah that too you know I'm a i don't big, think there's an athletic limitation there right i'm a big team guy mm -hmm. and it's really driving i love driving I might need to get my weight up a little bit for torque. Yeah, a lot of G's. I thought Chris would be probably pretty good at that. You like have to get low and drive and push, and then and you then just, you jump in, and then you just jump in, and you but jump what, in. What about yeah? And, he, and he's got more weight, which is good for the. What about, what about me? What about Macon? I've never he run might out again. be the I guy think, in the front seat. I think Macon should probably not his <clears throat> best his time in this. Well, then Luge. <laughs> then I think Macon's probably Luge. Luge. Which one's that? It's a, I don't know, I'm on the site. It's a picture of a guy laying down. <laughs> <laughs> what about biathlon? It looks like somebody's shooting something. Is that after you're skiing? 
That's right. You go skiing, and then you ha- you have to stop periodically and shoot targets. I don't know if I'm a good shot. I haven't shot anything. Why I would think, I want to? I don't to? think that's. I th- <laughs> you know? Did you know that I can't make a fist? Right. I've because heard I, that. Yeah, I've yeah, heard that. Had an injury in college. Something called skeleton, where a guy lays on his stomach and goes downhill. There's actually not that many uh, events. Damn, dude. It's just curling, dude. That's it. Yeah. You want to talk some shit about me and curling? Or? I wish my kids were fucking Winter Olympians because then they'd have shit to do when it's cold Apollo outside. Apollo Ono. Huh? Huh? If sledding was an <laughs> Olympic sport, would you compete? No, no, because sledding is overrated. Sledding is overrated, Reed, as we discussed in the live stream. Sledding is overrated. As a child, it was underrated. As an adult, it's overrated because who has to bring the children up the hill after they sled? approximately 20 yards it's not as big as it felt when you were a kid you know so you got to go down there and get them and you get wet the kids get wet right so i think sledding is overrated dude making there's talk that you have a new college hoop system uh i do have a new system i cannot discuss it uh on night one it went three and two if it goes three and two or better again this evening i will reveal my system uh, to you guys, I don't think to the public. I'll give out the plays for sure. I just can't give out the system. Tennessee so you can't Tech, tell us why. You're just telling us you have a system and you gave us the reasoning. Or the I, I need I need one more night of. I need a bigger sample size. I need a two night sample. So we have size. a system. Any guesses? If I go zero and five tonight, I'm not going to put you guys through that. Well, okay. Please. And now we're going to have to wait like almost a week. But can we say what the system is Sunday night? Because people are going to be really excited. I'll give out the plays. I don't think I can give out the system. Okay. okay I okay. mean, shit. Ken yeah. Palm charges for a subscription. I'm not going to just give out a. You're right. You're right. You're okay. Right. All right. Well, that's that for sports today. That's today on sports. Is that something somebody says? I should be. I mean, like. I don't think so. That's that for sports. That's that for sports. Tune in next week. Take care. Oh, oh, oh.